Welcome to A Way of Thinking. I'm your host, Jessica Huang. This podcast is a place of exploration to learn and grow from each other on the journey to becoming our best selves. Let's get to today's show. Our guest today is Melinda DiOrio. Melinda is a heart and soul mentor leading group programs and one-on-one mentoring for spiritual and creative growth through her signature Courage to Be You and Courage to Create programs. She is based in the New England area and is currently in New Mexico. And so welcome to the show, Melinda. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for asking me to come on. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on the show. So Melinda and I actually met, um, I think actually we started off just being Instagram connections and then I ended up joining the monthly moon circles that you were doing where um, you would do an oracle reading and we would do a meditation and some journaling. And I just, it was, it was a great time. I think this was happening during COVID when I started, I was, we were actually just talking about how it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago that we started Um, connecting. And it was such a nice kind of community space to feel that you could really connect with people and be vulnerable, even though you're just meeting each other on the internet. So I first of all want to say thank you, Melinda, for holding that space for everyone that was joining those monthly calls. Um, It was really, really nice. So and then from there, I want to say that Melinda actually want to start off with an oracle reading. So I will turn it over to you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jessica. It was, it was always lovely to have you in those circles and um, bringing together community is something that's always been very important to me. So I've actually been doing uh, circles like that since 2017. When I started with a friend, uh, we had a group called the Conscious Creative Circle. And I was living in New York at the time where I was for 18 years before I entered this transitional phase of my life. But I really loved bringing together creative and spiritual community at that time in person. And then, of course, I started to transition to that, transition that to um, the online space. And now I'm kind of navigating, you know, how to how to be both in the online space and, and back in person, because I think there's a lot of value in both. And actually, like the Zoom space can create a lot of intimacy and can be really comfortable for, for some people who might not normally show up to an in-person gathering. So thanks for, thanks for joining those. They're always, yeah, whether I do it in person or online, they're really special for me. So. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it is really interesting that that dichotomy of like, do we all just shift to in person again, or do we hold that? Mm. That's still that virtual space with each other, but there is something to be said for both. It's, it's an interesting time. Right. Yes. Yeah. We're all just figuring it out for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought we could pull a couple cards and just see what comes up. Um, so I'm going to invite us to just take a couple of moments to, um, and anyone listening can do this too, if you're, as long as you're not <laughs> driving or multitasking, if you want to take a couple moments to actually slow down um, and close the eyes if you're able to do so and find your breath and just notice what your breath feels like in this moment. What comes up when you close the eyes and start to draw your focus from the external to the internal. 
And as you breathe, start to send your exhale down into your seat, into your legs, into your feet, and feel that connection with the earth. Sending some roots down, feeling the earth supporting you. And just slowing down just for a couple more moments. Our attention's always often drawn really outward. So just really taking these next few moments to go in and root down. And the more you root down, the more you can find that lift up through the spine on the inhale. So to rise up, you always start by rooting down. So I am going to pick a card or two for us. And I'm just going to go with one card from one of my favorite decks called Love Letters to Earth by one of my favorite teachers, Nicole Casanova. Being a little bit messy with my shuffling. Um, so wherever you are, you can reopen your eyes and come back. So I usually pick Oracle cards as part of my morning routine. And I was asking you, Jessica, yes, if we could do it because I didn't get a chance to this morning, but this is part of my morning ritual. Um, and I find the cards are just really helpful for connecting, connecting to ourselves, connecting to spirit. Um, and the, you know, they're really a tool for, for understanding ourselves better, I think, uh, and offering some, some guidance. So our card today is gratitude. Mm. This is a really beautiful card. And, um, in these cards, the cards, the color, oh, well, this is, this is audio, but I'll just let the, let everyone know that the, the cards each have these like sacred geometry designs, um, on them and it's very simple card that says says gratitude and the the color is red representing the element of fire and i always think of like the heart space you know when i pull this card another card that uh, in this this deck that represents this element is the courage card so you know gratitude courage these are these are really like coming from the heart space and this card is just an invitation to to focus on what's going well um, you know, to focus on what's really beautiful in our lives. What are we really grateful for? I, I typically do have a, a morning journaling practice that is a gratitude practice. Uh, and I've been off of that. Sometimes I change up my morning rituals to like what best suits me at the time. Um, but if you don't have a gratitude practice or you're, you're, fo you're you know, you find your mind's kind of focusing on what's not working, you're complaining, um, you're focused on everything that's going wrong. And, and I know there are a lot of things that are very wrong in the world, but I, so it's, it's not to say to ignore those, but when we bring it back to, you know, what, what are we grateful for and how can we, how can we bring in more of that? And, and honestly, I'm also grateful. I like to also be grateful for what are the challenges because that's teaching us something too. Mm. So with this card, it's like, you know, everyone can, it's just an invitation to ask yourself, like, no matter how my day is going, no matter how my week is going, what am I, what am I grateful for right now? Um, so that's the, the invitation from this card. I love that. 
Oh, I do want to make one note when you're just talking generally about oracle cards. I actually had started doing that practice in the mornings for a while from from doing it with you. And and it's funny because I noticed that I actually bought a deck that you also have because I recently saw you post one of the cards. I can't remember the name of the deck. It's the one with all these like beautiful women like who look super powerful and strong like do you know which one the, I'm talking about yes the priestess of light deck yes yes I have I, the same one yes I I just got this deck at an art gallery in Tao so I've been mm. in New Mexico this month and the artist of I, I actually saw the artist her name is Kimberly Weber so she, her work was at this gallery and then they were also selling prints uh, and and the Oracle deck. So she the, the the writer of the deck is Sandra Ann Taylor, but the artist is Kimberly Weber, and she does these large scale paintings, and they are very powerful. So I had to get this deck. That's so cool. I I literally just picked it up a couple weeks ago. That's oh, that's, that's so, so cool. Funny. You have the same one. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I got it at um, Namaste Bookstore in Union Square in New cool. York. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I haven't, I have never seen it before. And yeah, that's, that's, it's a very powerful deck. I've been using that every morning. I love it. Yeah. I actually, well, cause I'm currently not in New York. I actually did not bring my Oracle card deck. And I was like, once I get back there, I need it because I feel like that, oh, yeah. that's something like I've been missing in my life recently. And I had kind of gotten like on and off with it recently, which I think is why I didn't like make sure I brought it. But now I'm like feeling that where, you know, we were talking about it a little bit before of like why um, we use these Oracle decks, how how they kind of help us kind of reconnect with ourselves. And I love that idea where I, I often found that just somehow whatever card I was pulling just felt very attuned to what I needed to hear in that time. And it was just that connection point where I got to like kind of invite myself to listen in of like, what is this calling forward in within me? Yeah, I love that question. What is this calling forward in me? You know, because like that's the thing about all of these tools and these practices, like everything is inside of us, but we really need some help to to see it more clearly and and to get it out. So that's the really beautiful thing about these you know, whether it's, it's a tool or a practice or working with someone that helps you to see what is, what is already within you that you can just cultivate and and bring out more. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. I'm actually curious. So you talked a little bit how this was part of your morning routine. Can you talk a little bit more about like, what is your morning routine? Like, like, you know, I know I'm sure things kind of ebb and flow in there, but what does that look like for you right now? Yeah, sure. I've, I've definitely had the a morning ritual for several years, probably since I probably started really getting into it when I did my yoga teacher training in 2015, that sparked, like we would do like 30 minute meditations. And prior to that, it was like sitting and meditating for five minutes would be really far into me. So to kind of jump in with this like long meditation, uh, was, was something new for me. And, uh, it was a little bit easier to do 30 minutes in a group, but since I left, you know, that was like seven years ago. Um, but after that training, it's something I tried to stick with, uh, going forward to really have that morning meditation and it shifts and evolves, um, depending on where I am and how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm not someone who has like a super strict practice, but I do notice 
I need something to start my day or else things can kind of spiral. So um, typically I do, I actually like to spend like an hour by myself if possible. It hasn't been, it's not always a full hour, but I do like a 20 minute meditation. Um, I feel like it takes me that much time to really drop in. Um, and, and I, you know, I'll be totally honest. I have not been doing that right now. It's been a little bit harder for me to sit still lately. Um, but that would be my favorite way to start. And then after I meditate, I do pull Oracle cards and I have like a, a, just a morning journal that I might do, uh, like a few things I'm grateful for, and then, uh, some intentions or affirmations for the day. For many years, I used the five minute journal. I always recommend that. I loved that. It's just very simple and it gives you those like little bookend prompts for the beginning and the end of the day. And I've shared it with other people. And I know that's, I I always said like that changed my life. You know, all these little things really do create big shifts once you, when you commit to them, you know, if you do it like three times or you do it once a week, you might not see a big difference, but whatever it is in your practice, I think it's, it's the, the dedication and the devotion to it that really starts to show the results over time. And I want to say one other quick thing about that. I think we are so like, there's such a premise, especially with social media of like fast results of like quick changes of like quick ways to, to, um, transform and change and become, you know, a better person or whatever it is. And it's just not like that. It's, it's just so much slower than we, than it, we think it is, or than it's presented to us through these kind of like, do this and it'll change your life. Like, no, it's, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a great call out right there because it's so true. There's, there's no real quick fix. And the thing is when you think you fix something, it'll like rear its ugly head again half the time. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely a journey, I I think. And yeah, it's it I think that's a good call out where it's like you can't just do something three times and think that that's going to make you completely better. It just doesn't right. work that way. And it's right. it's kind of like building up some of these habits and and um things that kind of help you work through the journey of life, right? Um so so that's a great call out. Uh I'd love for you to actually let's take a step back. Because I'd, I'd okay. love for you to talk a little bit more about just what your journey has looked like. You know, you mentioned moving from New York, you mentioned going into this yoga teacher training. So could you give a little bit of an overview of what that journey has really looked like for you? Sure, sure. So I'll go way back and I'll, I'll try to keep this like concise, but I grew up in Rhode Island um, and I moved to New York City when I was 18 and, and started my uh, college program. So I studied fashion design. So I was in the creative world. I've always been a creative person, which is sort of where the courage to create stems from. Um, I think creative creativity and spirituality are completely linked. <laughs> like the creativity comes from comes from the spiritual. So yeah, I have a creative background. I lived in New York City uh, for 18 years. And, um, during that time I was in and out of the fashion industry in my, in my twenties, I didn't love it. I really didn't like the ethics of the industry. I worked in, you know, the fast fashion world and mass market kind of stuff. 
designing. And I, I like the creativity part. I didn't like sitting in a cubicle. <laughs> uh, I didn't like the dynamics. I didn't like a lot of things, you know. Um, I knew I wasn't supposed to be there, which is why I was in and out uh, a couple of times. So I finally made a decision. Sometime in my early 20s, I started getting into practicing yoga and that started to unlock some things for me, a lot of things. And yeah, somewhere along the way, I decided I'm going to leave my job and do a yoga teacher training. And I didn't know what I was going to do after that. I really didn't even know if I was going to teach. I don't think I had the confidence to, at that time, to see myself as a teacher, which is so funny because now it's like, it's again, this like slow journey to unlocking who you are. And I'm like, oh, I've, I've always been a teacher, you know, like that's just part of my sort of soul blueprint. Um, but I didn't know that at that time. So I left my, my fashion job. I was there for like six years and, um, my last one in 2015. And I did an intensive 30 day training in Bali with a teacher I had never met, but who I felt called to and I communicated with. And, um, you know, I saved up money. I did, this was not like a rash decision at all. Like I talked, I had a partner at the time, like we talked about it a lot. I had roommates. Um, I had a place to come back to at least, you know, I had my apartment in, in Brooklyn and, uh, and that's about it. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a, you know, I left my job. I didn't have an exact plan, but that training you know, they'll, sometimes you see these like advertisements, like the life changing, you know, like this, this training will change your life. And it's funny because after the training ended and I came back, I was like, well, you know, I'll, I would say it's life enhancing. I don't know that it's like life changing. And then a year later I was like, shit, this is real life changing stuff. Like things just, things just, they fell apart, you know, like, my relationship ended. I like things just sort of unraveled. Um, sudden things happened and, and so many doors opened. So sometimes, you know, we're really, um, it can be really painful when there's, there's like these big endings happening or really scary when we don't know what's next. But if, when we're open and we're paying attention, I really believe there's so many possibilities available to us. And, and that's how it was for me, it's just like everything that came up, I started saying yes to, you know, um, that felt right. Now, now I'm a little more, you know, I'm a little bit older now and a little bit more mindful with what I say yes to as well. But I definitely like took a lot of opportunities and I started doing some photography back then. That was also my creative outlet. I did that during the training um, in 2015. And then I did, I kind of started my own little photography business after that. And I did start teaching yoga. So yoga and photography was my thing for quite a few years. And then I sort of transitioned to realizing, uh, you know, I wanted to teach and, and mentor in different ways. I also was assisting in yoga teacher trainings later on and on the path to being a teacher trainer. And I enjoyed that. And I was able to assess what I enjoyed most about it, which was really working with groups and, and being a mentor um, to people who are coming into to this path, which, you know, yoga is a really, really beautiful 
ancient tradition and, and practice. Um, and there's so many, obviously there's so many, um, I wanna say umbrellas, that's not the right word like arms to it. That's not the right word either, but there's so many limbs, limbs, there's so many limbs to yoga and so many ways that you can practice. So I am really grateful going back to that gratitude card. I'm immensely grateful to my teachers and to just even to myself for having, having the courage to answer that call because I, it wasn't, you know, I was not as confident a person back then. And it took me, it took me a lot to be like, well, I'm just going to take this, this risk. And, uh, one of the best decisions I, I made for myself at that time. So yeah, I'd love to dive a little deeper into that whole courage feeling. What do you feel like helped you get that courage at that time, you know, making such a huge shift and how has that really, you know, obviously that word has played into the name of your program. So how, how does that really connect to you? Yeah. So at that time, you know, I have to be honest, and this is still something that's really important to me. I felt like I was very fortunate at that time to have a, a partner who really saw me and understood me and encouraged me. And uh, I wasn't that, I didn't tell a lot of people I was doing it. I think there is uh, something to being careful who you share things with because not everyone is going to actually encourage you and uplift your your dream and your vision and they might they might sort of you know kind of bring you down <laughs> uh so i remember like i wasn't talking about it with everyone and but having that one person who was like you can do this meant a lot to me and and that's something i like to hold for other people because i always think like a lot of us, like our vision of ourselves, is really clouded. And I do work with a lot of a lot of people, mostly women. And and this is not just a, a women thing. This is an any any person thing. We you know we for for all different types of reasons, um, struggling with self doubt and that and that lack of confidence and that lack of belief that we can we can really change our lives. And it is really helpful when you have someone who kind of can can hold up the mirror or clean off the mirror for you i guess so that you can you can start to see that yeah i am this i do have this within me you know and and that was i already like i did have it within me i did have the confidence within me i did have the 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 dream of of teaching you know i remember getting to the training and them asking like, do we plan to teach? And at the beginning being like, I don't know. And then when I left, I was like, hell yes, you know? <laughs> so I think with courage, uh, courage to me is definitely a, a muscle you build over time. You know, like I said, that's one thing. It helps to have someone to really, to see you and, and boost you and uplift you when you don't feel that within yourself. I also am a huge like student of life. So I'm also looking at like, what are other people doing? Actually, I remember before that training, I was, you know, I don't, I don't know, I probably reading more blogs back at that time period. I was also blogging, you know, I was always doing these, I, I would try a lot of different things. I was always like, let me try my hand at that. Let me try that, this without a big expectation of where it would go. So that's another way to just like increase your courage. You don't have to take these big, massive leaps. You can just dabble, you know, like I wanted to, I, I, I travel blogging was really big back then. And I was like, well, I would, I'd love to be a travel blogger, but like, I didn't end up doing that, but I, 
I did start blogging, right? So it's just like, yes, I, I had someone who was, was supportive and encouraging, but I also was doing things myself. So I was looking at what other people are doing, studying how other people d- did things, I think is really great. That's why I think mentorship is really important um, because we see someone similar to us, maybe with like a similar background who who took certain steps and and you know we can learn from that and move forward from there. So I always uh I've always just been um yeah really studying in a lot of different ways and I try things out and I'm also willing to fail at them. You know, it's not like everything I've done has has worked out. So uh I don't even know if that really answers your question. I'm kind of running on a little bit. No, it definitely does. I Yeah, I think that what you said about having someone kind of be that support window, especially in a time in that time period, right, is really, really beneficial. And but but then it sounds like you kind of learn to kind of build up that build that muscle for yourself, even beyond that, you know, and not have not needing that support necessarily, but maybe that helps you take that first step. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what you said around the, yeah, the idea where you're like, let me just try this and try that. And it doesn't necessarily need to be the end result, but it's giving you that ability to say, give it a shot, see what happens. And I, I, one thing that I've I've been reflecting personally about all this is there's some kind of I don't know if you you know obviously we we are more spiritually inclined people so we we can talk from that angle but um I often regardless of the spirituality aspect I always see that there's this kind of feeling where so in some funny way like the things that you have in your path like even when they don't seem connected they somehow get you to the the things that are the right things, right? Or they've taught you things along the way that then end up helping you in the thing that you really want to be doing. And so I, I feel like there's there's a funny interconnectedness even when you don't see the the full picture. And it sounds like some of those pieces, you know, maybe the travel blogging wasn't the right thing, but it's teaching you how to blog and, you know, um, you know, you write all these wonderful um emails to people now that are of the similar wavelength of being able to to express all those things to an audience in that way. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I, I think like there's a lot of worry. I think what stops people from actually moving forward with their their dreams and what they want to create is this fear that it's the wrong thing. Like I hear that all the time, mm. that they're going to make a wrong choice. And I really you know, apart from, you know, like causing actually harm to somebody else. Like I don't, I really don't think there's a big binary between like right and wrong choices in our lives. Cause I think they all lead us somewhere. And absolutely that everything that you do serves a purpose for the next thing, even if it's not forever. And it's not the thing. I never feel like anything I've done was a waste or or a regret or yeah, a waste of time or or anything like that. Um, I think, yeah, the older I get, the more I'm trying to refine and hone in. Um, but absolutely that's a great example of like, yeah, I'm not I I started blogging and I, I had my job and it was an outlet. And it's of course the more you write, the better of a writer you're going to become. So it doesn't matter that my blog didn't make me money or go in a certain direction. I, it evolved into what my website is now. And I guess my, my newsletter now. Um, so I completely 
I completely agree with that. And it makes me feel like sad when that stops people from, from trying something new. Like you don't have to, like the courage to create program was all about, um, yes, I'm a creative person and I, I tend to attract other I, I I believe we're all creative beings. Like we inherently are creative. We are nature. Nature is inherently creative, you know, um, and, and destructive. But like that ability to create is within all of us. We are all creators. But uh, I guess in more of a, you know, we see creatives, I'm using air quotes and I'm realizing this is audio, as a certain, you know, you have to be a, a painter or a writer or something like that. But we're always creating. Yeah. Um, but on that, on that thread, just the courage to create is also like the courage to create what you want in your life. And that does involve like there, you can't have courage without also feeling the fear and the risk involved in that. Um, so it's a pretty deep, deep level of feeling. Uh, to to call upon that courage, you have to you have to really know too, like what you're what you're afraid of, and be able to face that. That's what courage is. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's it's definitely the two sides of this of the coin, right? Is fear and courage, right? And how do you work past your fears and be able to hone into the courage to be able to make that action that you want for your life? Yeah, what you were saying just then was reminding me. So side little story on my part is that I have on my phone background when I, you can't see it right now, but it's literally when I click on it, it says I am creating the life of my dreams. And Mm -hmm. I look at that every day because I, that's the message I want to be honing in for myself. But that word create there, like, yeah, it's, what you said just now was very interesting to me because I always, con- I did not consider myself a creative person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I worked in corporate finance and I kind of, I, I feel like there was like kind of a nuance to that. That was like, you're not a creative person. You are a numbers person, right? Like I, it was an either mm-hmm. or type of equation. And I had to start kind of breaking that down for myself and say, but I can be both, right? Like I, I am still a creative person, even though I'm also good with numbers. And so what you were saying just now really clicked for me where I was just like, yeah, I do believe that we are all creative in some way, shape or form. And it just, you know, it doesn't have to be in this specific realm of you have to be a graphic designer or a fashion designer or something along those lines to be creative. Like we are all creative in our own right. So I, I really appreciated you saying that. Yeah. One thing I want to go into off of that is this idea of, so as you know, obviously it took a lot of courage to kind of make the, this initial decision, but as your journey has kind of progressed, I know that intuition has been a big thing for you. So can you talk a little bit about what intuition means to you and how that has really played a role in the journey that you've been on? Yeah, intuition. Mm -hmm. I feel like I really got into intuition. I just actually saw one of my teachers, Aran Aliyah, who's the creator of the Moon Deck. And I met her in 2016, a year after my yoga teacher training, when my life was kind of falling apart and coming back together. And that was my first Oracle deck, the moon deck. 
And that was, so going back to the Oracle, it's a, it's a really wonderful tool also to strengthen your intuitive faculties. And that, that started really getting me interested in listening to my intuition, especially because of the way things were sort of unfolding in my life. And like the, the ways I was like, ah, I intuitively knew that but I didn't, it took me some time to, to really listen. So I think a lot of times we, we actually, we try to ignore our intuition or, or quiet it. And, uh, the more we actually listen to it and validate it, the stronger it gets. So I, I do feel I I am a highly intuitive person. I think again, intuition is something we all have and it's another skill we can strengthen. Um, it definitely guides me on my path, uh, you know, doing this right now I'm on this cross country road trip. I I left Rhode Island mid May and I am continuing at least till the end of July and I'm, I'm doing some house sits and even that was very guided by my intuition of, of what felt right. And sure enough, like there's a couple of places where I don't think I was listening to my intuition, but mostly it's like. I've just made all these like beautiful connections and had some really wonderful synchronicities. And when those happen now, I don't just write them off as like coincidences. I feel that that's really uh, the greater spirit speaking to me and, and guiding me on my path and connecting me with the people on my path. And, and even going back to, to 2016, I just remember um, because I had a lot of relationships falling away at that time, but I was very, very open and I felt that this was, this was a door. I was open to all the new relationships that were coming in and, and how those were going to, to help me and, and really um, help me become the person who I am today too. So I'm, I, I actually say like, you know, God speaks to me through other people. I really like to, um, I think my listening skills have gotten a little bit better over the years. Can't say I was always a, a deep listener, but um, it's definitely an important part of my life now. And uh, yeah, I listen to the the way like signs or, or numbers or synchronicities or animals speak to me, but I really listen to, to people and I'm really interested when I meet someone new and what they have to say, because I feel like we're sharing like divine messages to each other in, in that way. So yeah, I, I, again, it's we're all we're all intuitive, and it's just knowing what that feels like in your body, knowing when to really listen to it, being okay if you don't listen to it and you make a mistake, and just saying, "Well, that was that was a, a lesson," you know, mm. um, and it and it really does get stronger the more we work with it. How do you feel like you kind of started that journey? for like listening to your intuition, because I, I agree with you where I feel like I definitely was not listening to it. And, and I'm even trying to reflect on how did I start doing it? So I'm curious what your answer would be. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, again, it, it went back to the, like my first getting that first Oracle deck and working with the cards because that like linked me up. I feel like the cards were always validating what I already knew was inside me. So mm-hmm. again, like we talked about that at the beginning, it wasn't so much of they're telling me some big epiphany, but it was validating something I already know within me or felt. Um, and also when I started reading cards for other people, like it, it got stronger as well. Definitely meditating and slowing down. 
I've actually done a couple of intuitive Oracle courses with Arana mm-hmm. and uh, through the moon deck. Those are really beautiful because she has, it's not just about the cards. It really is about like increasing your intuitive capacities through, um, you know, the, the things that she teaches. So again, I'm, I'm always doing a lot of different kinds of studies. So it's actually something I, you could say, like I've studied in as well, but a lot of it has to do with that validating my intuition and not ignoring it. So when I, it's a feeling, you know, and for me, when I am making a decision about something, I've noticed if it's not an immediate yes, and I have to debate about it and it's like, well, maybe I'm not sure yet. Sometimes I'm not sure yet. And I I need to sit with it. But often if it's a yes, it's a yes. And if Mm -hmm. it's not a yes, it's probably a no. So I'm a little bit quicker to, to decide about things these days. And again, that just comes with time and practice and learning, learning, you know, oh, I thought I was listening to my intuition, but maybe that, maybe I was actually listening to a place of fear inside me. So it, it, it really, that's also something like I work with people with. So I feel like it's, um, it's takes time and, and working with yourself and maybe working with others to, to differentiate what is, what is the voice of intuition? What is the voice of like fear, you know? So related to that, you know, we were talking about, or before we, we started recording, we were talking about this idea of like, how do you deepen your connection to yourself? And do you feel like intuition is a big part of that? It sounds like that's a big part of the equation and a lot of the practices you do around meditation, but what do you feel like is really, or, or is it kind of the whole gambit that really helps you like kind of connect back to yourself? What helps me connect back to myself? Yeah. I mean, intuition sure is part of it. What really helps me connect back is grounding practices. I think this is going to be very different, you know, for each person. For me, I've learned that I've over the years, like where my, my chakras are really open and these chakras are like energy points in the body for anyone who doesn't, might not be familiar with the chakra system, um, energy centers in the body. So I'm a, I'm more of like an upper chakra person. So actually to feel connected, I do need to be more, do more earthing and rooting practices and movement practices help me connect back in. I can be very mental, like very in my mind. So again, like some type movement, yoga, dance. I also do like ecstatic dance helps me get out of my head and into my body and, and into my heart. I I don't know where I heard this, but I, I would think it was on a podcast and they were talking about grounding, not just from like your feet or your pelvis, but grounding, dropping the grounding from your heart. And that like really spoke to me because right now I'm in a really big, like heart opening journey. And, um, I just feel it. I feel like, I feel like it's like the, you know, I always think of like the image of the Grinch and his heart just starts like expanding and, you know, blowing out of his chest. And it's like, some days I, I really feel like that. It's really beautiful. And so I really like this idea of grounding from the heart. So I guess these days it's like when I'm connecting into myself, it's not just into myself. It's like, I'm connecting to that source and I'm connecting to everyone around me. So I'm a little like, it's not just, 
it's, yeah, like I have to be grounded and centered, but that connecting in is also what connects us to, to everyone. Hmm. I, I really, that's so interesting. I really appreciate that answer because it's true. Like, I feel like our connection to each other is such an important human, you know, aspect. I don't, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> So, so that's, that's interesting where it's like grounding into yourself is really reconnecting yourself to yourself, but to everyone else in in essence. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where it's really important and like spiritual, like whether it's like spiritual or personal growth or whatever kind of like, yeah, growing practices you're doing or things you're committing to is we don't do anything alone. Like actually community also really helps me to, to ground and center friends, family, whatever it is. Like that is really important because there is a lot of this like solo focus, self individual. And, um, and it's, it's both, you know, you need that balance of having practices you can go to and, and be alone and, and be with yourself and be with spirit but we also need practices where, where we're in community and the community is supporting our personal growth and our personal growth is supporting the, the growth and evolvement and freedom of, of the community. So it, it's definitely, it's all interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you were talking a lot about like all this like heart opening, right? And it, it, it's reminding me, like, just when we were talking about heart opening, it was reminding me of this meditation that you did. And I want to talk more about just generally your meditations. But the one that I, I um, that just came up to me when we were, when I was thinking about doing this podcast episode with you was this one around love and this idea where there is love just all around us and that there is kind of this endless amount of love just surrounding us. And I wish you could see all my hand motions, but you can't. (laughs) And that it's, the journey is really around how do we open ourselves up to that love? Not that it's not in existence, but that we are just, we need to be receptive to letting that love into ourselves. And I, I just, it stuck with me clearly because I'm bringing it up right now. And I, I, I just loved that particular meditation because it just made me feel that idea of like, I, of heart opening, right? Like it's, it's not about trying to find the love. It is always mm. there and always around us. So can you talk a little bit about that, that meditation and like, how, where did that come from for you? And if you want to go into more just generally your meditations, that would be great. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Jessica. I get all these like feels inside when you talk about it. Like it just feels really bright inside me, even when you're bringing it up. And I can't, I can't, I'll be honest. I can't even remember exactly what I said. Um, another thing about my meditations these days is they are very intuitive. So I just, <laughs> I just speak like what comes through in the moment with whether I'm in a group or I'm starting off like a one-to-one reading or, or a session. Um, so each one is so different, um, but I can speak to that, that, yeah, that love is just like exists. Like love is the divine, like love is source, you know, like that is, that is the state of that infinite connection, that higher connection. And I, and I, and I can say this is all like very new to me. I think I just reached a point 
in my life where I was trying so hard to do the whole like love yourself thing, like the self-love thing, you know, like being on my own and being like, okay, I'm going to do this, these self-love practices. And it just never was really resonating with me. And it wasn't working that well until I started to hear more uh, again, like more of my teachers or, or mentors I was working with something clicked. It just took some time where something clicked is like, it's not something I have to give myself. It's something that I'm, I'm already given. We're each already given. Like we are that state of love. We are connected to that state of love. And it's less about like, how can I get that versus like, how can I just be that and allow that? And I really like the word you use, like receiving, like receptive is a word that keeps coming up to me. Mm -hmm. Cause I think I have not generally been a very receptive person. That's something I've been on a journey with allowing myself to be more in a receptive state because I, I tend to lean more towards like a, a masculine energy or, you know, a yang energy. Um, that's just like my constitution and, and how I am. So it's like a, a, that more like allowing receptive yin feminine is something I've been working on. So it is, you have to be, you have to let yourself be open to receive a little bit. And I think that's where it's helpful to have someone supporting you or be in a group that's supporting that and creating a really receptive, you know, space or container to let that happen. But yeah, there's something where I, I am really very much a seeker, but I got tired of constantly seeking, you know, this love and, and said, what if I just really dropped into like, okay, it's right here and I don't have to seek for it. And that's still a, a practice for me. That's still something I'm working with, but I do feel, um, and this is again, like going back to things take time and. I have really been like devoted to this journey for, you know, I always go back to my yoga teacher training, but I'm sure it was well before that too. And I was just practicing yoga and, and, um, wanting to, I did want to live a better life at that time. I mean, when I got into yoga, my, when I, when I was practicing yoga back in my early twenties, like I was kind of taking like a dark, you know, one of those like dark night of the souls. And I, I got, you know, on that path and, and, uh, yeah, I guess I just want to emphasize that it's okay if you don't feel that right away, but just the intention of being open to something, I think does create that, that opportunity for it to come in. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I thought of as you were saying all that was, I think it's very interesting that you say that you struggle with being receptive when mm -hmm. Like personally, my my impression of you uh, as, you know, as far as our, you know, the Oracle readings and the meditations is that that is a moment where I feel like you're being very receptive to whatever is coming in. So I think that's very, that's like an interesting dichotomy of saying that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's thanks for saying that. Maybe that's just a little bit of uh, my own doubt coming mm -hmm. in. But yeah, maybe sometimes I doubt how how receptive or or how open. That might just be my own doubt coming in. But like I said, it's something I've I've worked on. So I also am always looking back. I'm definitely much much more receptive now. Even just like how I've done this like cross country trip and and the ways I'm I don't panic or freak out or try to overanalyze things. I just take things as they come and and trust that there's 
also like solutions and, and help. And I listen to like who I can ask and, and things like that, you know, a recept- receptive going back to the intuition and, and all of that. So thank, thanks. Yes, I guess <laughs> you have to be receptive. Yes. When you're, when you're working with intuition. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny, right? It's that idea where it's our opinion of that thing versus how other people are perceiving us. Right. And it's like, Mm. oh, I I already think you have that. (laughs) Right. 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 Very funny. Thank you for reflecting that. (laughs) We're all holding up a mirror to each other. Right. As they say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. To go a little bit back. One thing I, I am curious about was what kind of caused you to to decide to leave the city after after living there so long like what what went into that decision yeah that's a great question because um I did leave during during the pandemic it was the summer of 2020 and things were very intense around my apartment it was very very loud there was a lot going on um at that time uh so that it it was actually quite sudden um when I decided to just move back with family in Rhode Island. But at the same time, it was not sudden because it had probably been a couple of years where I was already thinking about leaving New York City. To be honest, the more I've sort of remembered that I'm a very sensitive person, (laughs) uh, the harder it was getting to live in New York City. I don't know how I did it for 18 years because I mean, I love New York. I I have so much love for that city and it, I grew so much during that time. And, um, you know, I'm not someone who was ever wishy-washy about it. Like I just, I, I loved it. I loved my life there. But in the past few years, I was running around a lot teaching yoga. You know, it was, it was different than having a corporate job, very routine, going into an office every day. Like I was running around the city. I was doing photography. I was, um, I was working like a part-time job at a time. I I was going through like moments of burnout from doing too much and just starting to realize like, it's just not the life that I wanted to live. Mm. Um, And I'm still, you know, I'll be totally honest. I am still figuring out how to fully create the life that I I want to live. Um, But I feel so good about my decisions and it was another risk, you know, it's like, I didn't really know what was on the other side of that. It, it, in a way, like staying in New York might've been more comfortable. Cause I did, I had my apartment for a long time. I had my roommate, I had roommates, but one of them, like, she's one of my best friends, you know, I felt like I had friendships there. So now it's a, it's a new world. I've, it's really been almost two years and I'm still, I'm still in this bit of a like liminal space. And I'm really letting myself be okay with that because um, I do know that I closed that chapter. And yeah, I think a lot of it was that I couldn't live there again because it's too much stimulation for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's, there's also a lot I'll, I'll miss about it for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love the fact that this idea where it's like you were doing one thing like all this time and now you're like, well, now I get to kind of like flow with where feels right to me. Right. It sounds like you're kind of I I, I like the the term like ebb and flow for you. Like I feel like that feels very much like your journey since I at least since I've known you as in this uh-huh. kind of like feeling into what feels right and what feels like the next place. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but that feels like the way that you've been kind of working, right? 
Yeah, I'm just laughing because just my the the best friend that I mentioned, uh, her name is Laura. She's just one of my biggest supports. She she used the term like ebb and flow, and I was uh, hitting some challenges on the trips. Like that's just like the ebb and flow. I think it was her. Could have been my other friend. I'm not sure. <laughs> but but somebody mentioned like ebb and flow, and I was like, yeah, I'm someone who. I think I actually do want things to be going well all the time. Like in the past, it would really trigger me when things weren't going my way. You know, I definitely used to be someone who who wanted more control and, and that part of me is still there, but that's not really how life works. You know, like we can, we don't have as much control as we think we do anyway, but what we do have control over is, is the way we respond to things and the choices that we make. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to bring us back to gratitude and just ground ourselves back in that before we wrap up. Yeah. I, well, A, I want to just express a lot of gratitude for you coming on the podcast and, and just how lovely this whole conversation has been. And, and just, I love what you were, you know, I, I think to me, um, especially in the case of this conversation, like I, I have a lot of gratitude for kind of you know, back to that term, ebb and flow of the conversation and how we're able to just, just create something together. I think that's really wonderful. But yeah, I'd love, I'd love to bring us back to gratitude because I love that that was the card that, that you happen to pull for today. Yeah. So is there anything else that we haven't covered off on that you would like to share? I don't think so. It's, I'm not even sure exactly what we talked about at this point, but I feel like it was a really lovely conversation that did end up um, all these threads were kind of weaving together. So I'm really grateful to you, Jessica, for asking me and for your, for your skill and in, in guiding the conversation, because I think, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of cover so much time, right. And, and weave together the whole story, but I hope for your listeners that I think this, I, I think it's very, uh, feels very full and, and connected all these little threads. So. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and talk a little bit. I've been a, in a more of a quiet space, so I thought this would be a good way to segue back in. And it feels really good to me. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, it's an honor. I really appreciate that you reached out and and used this as, as your reentry point. So thank you. Okay, so I end these episodes with some guest questions at the end. So we're going to dive into those. So your first question is, how would you describe your current relationship to yourself? Oh, I, I don't know why when you ask that, like a big smile comes to my face and it feels so good to say, like, I was like, wow, I feel really good about my relationship to myself. Like, it's just so easy to be like, feels great. That's <laughs> like, amazing. I can't, I can't say it's always been like that, but right now I feel, um, I feel really good about it. And I feel like that's also because I can, uh, I can navigate, you know, the, the, the sticky parts too, and the, the tough parts. And, and I also have people who can help me do that as well, because yeah, it's not just me. It's like the people around me supporting me and listening to me and, um, helping me, you know, uh, reorient, I guess a little bit quicker when, when, if, if I kind of go off the you know, into those like darker mind places that we tend to go into. But yeah, yeah overall feeling good. 
That's awesome. I love that answer. And I love it. It, it, it was great for me as we're on video, but no one else can see. But I was just really enjoying the like light that was literally coming to your face in the moment because it was just really wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. So second question is, what is something that you are currently working on? Either like, you know, you can talk about like with your work, but also like, what are you working on with yourself maybe? What am I currently working on? Right now I'm working on bringing things like down to earth a little bit, getting more grounded. And I am starting to come back into my work. The courage to create is definitely like the most alive for me and, and what I want to evolve. Um, but I have been just, just working on, I guess I've also been working on like my connection with with spirit um Mm. on this on this trip and on this journey I have spent you know I like I said I all these beautiful conversations I've had with people but I have spent a lot of time alone a lot of time driving or or just being in nature and um yeah I'm it's a little things are a little uh marinating let's say I'm in like a marination phase (laughs) I love that. I love that term. It's just like, so it's, it's so like visceral. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So next question is, what do you consider most valuable to you right now? Wow. What do I consider most valuable? My relationships are the most valuable to me. Just the relationships that I have in my life are, um, that's the first thing that comes up for me. That's the most valuable. Yeah. Absolutely. Our connection to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on then. I, I love that answer. Good. Golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that one's pretty concise. Yeah, I love it. What is the best lesson that you've learned recently? So a couple of things come up. One, it's just being willing to ask for help. And that's been something I've been learning for a long time, um, mm-hmm. but being more actually more willing to do it. And how how willing people are to help when when you ask. It's hard for people to help you if they don't know that you need help. So that comes up. And another one been working on a long time, but just been reminded of lately is how helpful it is to make decisions like in a timely manner. And because when we're indecisive, it causes it's such an energy drain. Like if we're waiting to make a decision on something and ruminating on it, it, I'm just noticing how much energy that takes versus just being, um, very clear and, and making that decision actually like relieves so much unnecessary drama and, uh, and energy. So I'm, I'm, I'm always interested too in like wisely using my energy. Um, so I think those are two good ways to use our energy better. Cause if we're struggling and not asking, you know, if somebody can help us do something quicker than we can ourselves, you know, like say like I had a car issue and I can't figure it out myself versus that person looks like they might be able to help me. It's so much quicker. So it's the same thing with the making decisions in a, in a quicker manner. It's just, uh, I guess I, yeah, I'm becoming interest more interested in how can I best use my energy? And what can help me with that? 
Hmm. I love both of those answers because I think I personally needed to hear them. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> I was like, those are perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, those are things I need to work on. I definitely mm-hmm. fall into analysis paralysis a lot. So uh-huh. I, I think that what you said there about like, just being able to make the decision to move on and how much that will allow you to, to not spend all that energy. Cause it's true. I, it is such an energy drain. So I can definitely connect with that message. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the number one skill you believe that everyone should work on? I think everyone should work on opening their hearts. <laughs> I don't know that that's a skill, but I really think that, I mean, that's just what I'm going to say at this point in my life. I, I just think it, and it's not our faults, but there's, there's a lot of like closed hearts and closed minds and, you know, opening our hearts and our minds is yeah. what we should work on. I love that. I love that so much. All right. That was our final five questions. So thank you so much, Melinda, for coming on the show. It was so wonderful. And I I would just absolutely love this conversation and I hope our audience does too. So thank you so much. First off. Thank you so much, Jessica. I love this. It actually, I, I have to be honest, I was really tired yesterday and this morning and it was, it's like this conversation actually made me feel more felt very grounding to me. And I, I do hope um, your listeners enjoy it. And thank you everyone for, for listening and, and receiving it. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I agree. I'm like, I feel really good after that. Like a good conversation is so nourishing and, Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that comes across to anyone that's listening to this. So, um, but yeah, so you can find Melinda on Instagram at Melinda DiOrio. Do you want me to like put in my, your website or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, well, Instagram is a great place to find me. I am pretty, sometimes I'll take a break, but usually I'm pretty active on there. And my Instagram and my website are actually the same. They're both my name. Um, so I could just spell it. So it's easy. Uh, it's M E L I N D A D I O R I O. And, um, yes, Instagram and my website. And if you go to my website, uh, and it's your first time there, it should pop up uh, with the option to get one of my meditations, which also comes with some journaling prompts. So since we talked a little bit about my meditations, um, that's a, a freebie on my website if anybody goes there. Perfect. Yeah. And so I'll include that in the show notes. So you can always just click the link as well. Cool. And um, but yeah, so thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much again to Melinda. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to A Way of Thinking. If you loved this episode, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends. I hope some of the beautiful wisdom shared today resonates with you and perhaps creates some change in your way of thinking. Remember that I believe in you and I am so excited for the day that you believe in you too. Let's continue learning and growing together.